You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Happy Selection Sunday. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, Joey Wagner on Selection Sunday night where Illinois gets announced as a number four seed and they will play 13 seed Chattanooga 5.50 p.m. Central Time out at Pittsburgh at the PPG Paints Arena. Say that five times fast. No Milwaukee, no Indianapolis, but we get to stay somewhat in the Midwest. I think Pittsburgh is qualified as the part of Pennsylvania that is in the Midwest. Very Rust Belt City. I've been there before. I know Piper has been there before. We're heading out on Wednesday, and Illinois plays 13 seed Chattanooga. We will talk about the bracket. We will talk about Illinois' draw. We will talk about the vibe around Illinois. But I want to throw it to you guys first. Derek Piper, Illinois against the Mox. Illinois making the NCAA tournament as a four seed. What's your big thought, big takeaway from after talking with the players or or just witnessing uh, the selection show? Yeah, I think the fact that a four seed is kind of ho-hum to this team is is pretty interesting now, and it, it speaks to where the program's at. Also, a team that understands it has to make some noise to really make this this season to validate everything they've built up to. Uh, you know, winning the Big Ten title is certainly a, a big accomplishment. Losing in the Big Ten tournament, not as big of a deal to them, I don't think. And, and now it's it's really the time to define your season. So uh, interesting to see the way they're talking about having last year's experience play to their benefit, a team that's been there before now. And, and it, how do you ultimately use that, whether it's just the urgency that you have to have, the preparation, um, using the fact that you lost last year as maybe a little bit of motivation or just kind of – uh, to keep yourself on your toes in terms of not getting bounced earlier than maybe you would have even expected. So uh, to now what we've ultimately been waiting for this entire year, the entire buildup to try to maybe right the wrong of last year, uh, that's not to take, you know, to take away from what the journey is and some of those bright moments, but that's, this is what we've been waiting for. And it's hard for me not to sit here and say, please give us Illinois, Arizona again in sweet 16. Cause that was such an epic battle back in December. Yeah, and standing in Illinois' way if they get to the second round, Joey, is one Kelvin Sampson, who Illinois would like to get a little revenge on as well. Uh, Joey, what was your big takeaway from from seeing the selection, thinking about the matchup, and, and just what you had to hear from Illinois? The response. It was like a golf clap. I mean, it's almost like we were trying to not wake somebody up in the other room. I mean, seriously, and I, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, you see him on... I've never covered one, obviously. I don't know if you guys have covered a selection show. No, I no, mean, Joey. <laughs> we haven't. Well, I don't remember. I don't have your exact uh, timeline of, of your beat reporting history out. But, like, some of these look like rock shows. Like, people are jumping and recording and, like, it's going nuts. And this is just kind of like, okay, here we go. Like, this is a business endeavor. Uh, that, that was interesting to me. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong way that they approached it. I just thought that was something notable that it was just kind of like, yeah, we kind of, we knew this was going to happen today. Hooray. And then if you guys notice, those blue folders got passed out like yeah. two minutes after. Like that was – they didn't even get down into the ready room to talk. It was like, here are the folders. Get going. I, I just thought that was an interesting response, and, and we'll see how it plays out. I thought the way Brad Underwood said, oh, he's like, this team responds better when it's a, 
a business trip. You know, they dressed in full suits on the way to Michigan and we saw what happened there and, you know, will it repeat itself? I don't know, but I, the, the approach that they're taking is interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, Houston plays UAB. I don't want to count out the uh, UAB there, but um, that I did find that the most interesting thing, Joey. Like I, I did see like when the four came up and it became Arkansas, like you could see Brandon Pajimski kind of got his phone out. You could tell the freshman was going to kind of take in the moment. But I was wondering how they'd react, right? Because two years ago, they didn't get that moment when it was the breakthrough, right? The breakthrough season, Andres Felice and Io DeSumo didn't get that moment. Last year, Io DeSumo was on the ladder. No one knows the selection show is going on, even us. Uh, it's on the Jumbotron, and Io points up at it, right? And it's like they didn't get that moment to kind of like, oh, let's build up to the NCAA tournament because it went overtime. The CBS show is just like, let's start this thing. So you didn't get that kind of reset moment. This one you did, and you were thinking, oh, are they going to have this kind of burst of joy? Be like, hey, we got to enjoy this one. Even when we were like eating dinner next to them, it was just kind of this like, all right, this is this is the next thing. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing. But I do think, Derek, this is a business thing now for Illinois. But you also heard Brad Underwood, and this is my most interesting thing. There's a lot of pressure on this team. There is so much anxiety in the fan base, and understandably so. I'm not saying it's wrong. But because you didn't get to play in a tournament two years ago with a team that probably would have been a four seed, because you got bounced in the second round for a one seed, it feels like this team has to be the one to carry the torch for those three years. And if they don't make the Sweet 16, this whole era was a failure, even though I don't think that. Like, you've won a Big Ten tournament championship. You've won a Big Ten championship. But what do people remember? It's these long runs in the NCAA tournament. And Illinois doesn't have a lot of those. I mean, there, there, there hasn't been a lot of those long runs in the NCAA tournament. Of course, haven't done that in 17 years, good to the second weekend. But Brad was like, we got to have fun with this. We're going to have light practices, fun practices. I don't want them to be anxious. And I almost thought he was talking to the fans, too, of like, enjoy this. Enjoy Selection Sunday being a four seed. The fact that you're kind of like, meh, about a four seed, it does say the program's in a pretty good place when you feel like, man, they missed a chance to be a three or maybe a two if they wouldn't have stumbled here or there. Yeah, it is a really interesting kind of vibe around the team and also the fan base. And I think that if they do ultimately get to the second weekend, I think that will let off a lot of that pressure. I and mean, I know we talked about that a little bit here recently. And then all of a sudden, I think it is you assume to play Arizona and you just kind of go in there and take your best shot and see what you're made of. And that's where it can start to really you can let loose and have a little bit more fun with it. I mean, you're going to have fun if you do get past the second round. And then there's that that week uh, or a handful of days there to kind of celebrate it. And Doesn't talk it feel about like this next... program needs that week? Just just yeah. that week of celebrating your pro. This this program needs that in such a bad way. Yeah, they definitely do. And I I don't think you'll get it that kind of feeling until that happens. I think the anxiety of the fear of getting bounced in the first round and just kind of seeing a team that it's an interesting contrast of last year where after selection Sunday, pretty much every national analyst had Illinois in the final four, if not the championship game, some picking Illinois to win it. I know Matt Norlander of CBS sports did that. And this year, the very first words to get uttered by Seth Davis is like, yep, Chattanooga is going to the sweet 16, a, you know, IE Illinois losing in the first round. So that's kind of that interesting contrast. And also for Kofi to say today, and I think a lot of people would agree Illinois is a team that hasn't peaked yet. Last year, no one would have said that. They thought 
Illinois is playing the best basketball maybe of anybody in the country going into the tournament. And ultimately it didn't pay off in terms of advancing as far as they wanted to. So now they're going to try to hit their stride once they're there. Uh, and we can talk about some of the different dynamics that are working their way, some that aren't. Yeah. Uh, but that that also is is an interesting part to play here as they're going to try to play their peak when it matters most, but can they get there now? And, and having not maybe played their best and obviously coming off a game in which they didn't against Indiana. Yeah, Joey, and I think um, I think Norlander hit it in, in his piece, breaking down every team. I mean, uh, not making the the Sweet Sixteen would would be a disappointment. That's the expectation. I, I think that should be. We'll, we'll dive into the matchup, but you are the four seed. You are favored to get out of Pittsburgh over Houston, over Chattanooga, over UAB. Like you should on paper win this, but they have to play their their good basketball. I didn't necessarily think they played bad basketball against Indiana the other day. Um, they didn't make shots. I thought they defended well. I thought they created good opportunities. They just have to execute. Um, so if they do that, I, I think they'll win. I mean, they're they're the only team what over the last three four weeks to beat Iowa. <laughs> like that 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 should be a feather in your cap. You won a Big Ten regular season championship. So I think that Indiana lost left a, a bad taste in people's mouths. But this is a good team. I don't think it's like limping into the tournament but it's also not going in with the momentum it had last year but that didn't mean very much yeah i mean i and i think we talked about it from indianapolis if they beat indiana regardless of what happens against iowa the next day i think there's probably a different feeling from outside of the program about what this team is but you know saying the sweet 16 is the expectation feels weird because you haven't said that about Illinois basketball in a long time but if you're a top of the Big Ten program you know I, I think you could have over the last decade said the same thing about Michigan State about Wisconsin I mean that's what you are if top half of the Big Ten you're expected to to get to the Sweet 16 now there's ebbs and flows in your year but if that's kind of the, the company you want to associate with I think that's a super fair thing to say it's just getting your mind trained that like oh yeah, Illinois basketball is kind of back in that stratosphere a little bit, and they sure are. Uh, I I don't hate the draw to get there. I know yeah. we'll, we'll get into that later, but yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of this pressure that you guys talked about feels with this overwhelming weight of, is this the last run for Kofi Coburn at Illinois? Because if you knew like, hey, the big guy's coming back for another year, you still feel pressure, but you'd be like, okay, there's another year. And, and I don't think it's incumbent on part Kofi to say like, this is my decision right now. That's not right. fair to him. But I just think that kind of adds to this weight. Like, oh God, if it's, if he's gone, then it's a whole nother look. And that, is that a bad look? No, but it's not a Kofi Coburn look. And that, right. that changes a lot of the, the dynamic with this team. It'd be weird not to get, it'd be bad not to get to the second weekend with, without Asumu and Kofi. And, and again, the first year of those two together, you didn't even get the chance. Uh, and then, like so many teams, Duke, Michigan State, they got some pretty big upsets. Kansas has been upset. Um, it just happened in the year that you had your All-American guard with your All-American center. So that, that's just lingering over this team. But Derek, I feel like any opponent Illinois would have gotten because of this anxiety, fans would have freaked out about. But they draw Chattanooga, uh, who wins the Southern Conference. They go 14-4. and Then they win uh, their tournament, beat Furman in overtime to win the championship last Monday. Uh, Malachi Smith, a Belleville West kid, we'll have to ask Keith Randolph for his uh, scouting report on him, helped uh, Belleville West win one of their 
uh, state championships. Silvio D'Souza, uh, a familiar name, Kansas transfer, got in trouble with the NCAA, that whole Kansas deal. 6'9", 250, not as quite as big as Kofi or as good as Kofi, but certainly some size. Uh, they, they got some, some decent players on this team. What did you think about the matchup right away as you've kind of done your preliminary look into it? Yeah, I think as you start to look at it, and Malachi Smith is really the first guy that comes to mind. Silvio D'Souza, in terms of college basketball, uh, is the the most recognizable name probably for the casual college basketball fan and Illinois fan that is aware of the other high major programs. And a guy that he was really one of the first targets for Orlando Antigua back in the day. As soon as uh, you know Illinois, they had the staff get hired there, and we know he was at Kansas and was a solid player. Uh, and the fact that he's still in college basketball is is pretty crazy to imagine. Might have forgotten that uh, after the the incident with Kansas State, but uh, he's six foot nine, physical, good athlete. Uh, is he gonna he's gonna compete in the paint for sure in terms of on the glass and everything like that? Kofi's gonna have a couple of inches on him, so I know that I'm uh, not really too concerned about him slowing him down a ton. But uh, someone that is gonna be an athlete that's strong and can battle in there. But Malachi Smith, we've kind of broken down and discussed certain things that could hurt Illinois and a big guard has been something that's been a problem for the Illini a big primary guard in Malachi six foot four uh, put up 36 points against a, a respectable Murray State team that a lot of people are liking a ranked team that's I believe are they a seven seed uh, in the tournament but uh, that was a good game Chattanooga was in that on the road at Murray State for most of it and seeing him put up 36 was certainly impressive and he's put up big numbers all year long so uh, it's a team that you definitely should beat. I mean, when you look on Ken Palm and you see it's only a five-point game, it does raise your eyebrows a little bit. Like, it puts into the realm of possibility if you're not already wondering about it already. Like, this is a game that if Illinois doesn't bring it, they could lose. But uh, it's certainly one that they should take care of business and be able to handle. Yeah, uh, Silvio D'Souza is obviously a name, former top 40 prospect. So he could battle on the interior. But, but Co- you have Kofi Coburn. And that's what I keep coming back to, whether it was a three or a four. You have an All-American center, and this is one of the worst teams in the country at defending two-pointers, right? They're, they just don't really stop. They're 52% uh, two-point defense. Joy, that's where I just keep coming back to is like, if Kofi is normal Kofi, he could go for 30 and 10 in this game. But I feel like you know he's probably going to get 20 and 10 as long as he's locked in and not in foul trouble. But even if you don't, like, Malachi Smith's a problem. I think that's the toughest matchup in this game. There's too much talent. Illinois has too much talent with how Coleman Hawkins is playing. Um, you know, I know Andre Corbello is polarizing. Maybe we'll bring him up a little bit later. I thought he's played really well the last two weeks. And then Trent Frazier, Alfonso Plummer, one of those guys is due. Right? Like One of those guys is due as long as they confidently take some shots. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Brad said, like, when they looked at the offensive efficiency numbers, the losses to uh, Indiana and Rutgers were the lowest. Because it was also the, when they had the fewest turnovers. He's like, we're going to let it fly a little bit. And I think he's trying to get his team to, you know, take a deep breath and, and relax a little bit. I mean, yeah. Trent Frazier, go shoot. Don't don't be afraid. Like, he needs to be aggressive. And, I mean, we mentioned on the last podcast, Alfonso Plummer can't take up pass-up shots. He just can't pass up shots. Yeah, and I also think to your point with Kofi, if you're a top four seed, you know, in this tournament, Kofi Coburn's probably good for a win in the first round, right? There's just not a lot of talent like him. Now, that doesn't apply if you're a 10 seed and you're playing up like that. But if you're 
you're seated like this. That guy, as long as a couple guys around him show up, like that guy should be able to, that's what all Americans do. I mean, you could say the same thing about Keegan Murray. You could say the same thing about Johnny Davis. That's what they do is they take their team and get you at least that second game and see what happens. Uh, and again, how many people match up with Kofi? There's not a lot. I mean, we've, we've covered this at length for three years. There's just not a lot of humans who can match up with him. But yeah, I, I think, you know, hey, go shoot is a good way to put it, Jeremy. Because they need that. And, you know, you start getting that a little. Remember, remember the pick your poison? You know, we, we t- heard about that all the way in the middle of the season when they were rattling off those wins. All right. Now make some teams who haven't had to pick a poison with you guys because they've not seen you. There's two Big Ten teams in this bracket. Make them figure out how to pick which poison they're going to pick, and that means shoot the ball. Yeah, I don't think we should make up Chattanooga to be Loyal Chicago last year, Derek. Like, Loyal Chicago was 10 in the Kempom, but they're not Drexel, right? Drexel was 158. That team just didn't have the talent. Chattanooga's got a couple guys. Uh, You have more. Uh, you need to execute, and these guys need to be ready for this. I mean, if, if you want to compare it to guys or to teams on your schedule, they're closer to Kansas State. Uh, th- that gave you a little bit of a scare. They're probably closer to a Minnesota, right? Like those kind of teams, which if you don't play well, certainly can can have a chance to beat you. But uh, I, I just think I think Illinois fans should be confident because you have Kofi Coburn, one of the best players in the country in the first round. Yeah, they definitely should be. And to your point, for them to be 270th in two-point field goal defense, like that's something you should definitely be able to exploit. One thing they have done well is guard the three-point line, but imagining that they're going to have to send extra help down into the paint, that will get some guys some open shots. Coming off a game in which Coleman Hawkins hit four threes, uh, and knowing the big minutes he's playing at the four, that should be something you're certainly encouraged about. I don't think you would bank on, on Alfonso Plummer having – back-to-back clunkers from three you'd imagine that he gets right like you're talking about it's very important for Trent Frazier to get his aggressiveness to get his confidence back we know that he's certainly very very capable Um, while Chattanooga you look at them you know top 60 in offensive efficiency sitting there at 58 they're going to be able to score you're going to have to be able to lock in defensively and and make sure you can get stops particularly with Malachi Smith going downhill and and getting into lane Uh, but again yeah this is a team that you definitely should beat and if you can be solid enough defensively, I don't think you're worried probably uh, about getting getting your points, especially with what Kofi should be able to do. I mean, he should be able to dominate. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
All right, Derek, uh, the second round, you do have a potential another top 10 Ken Palm opponent, though, uh, which was a tough draw for Illinois last year with Loyola Chicago being an eight when it was 10 in the Ken Palm. Houston is a five seed. They're four in the Ken Palm. Of course, they've overcome so many injuries. Uh, they they win a league in, in the American that's solid, right? Not great, but there's good opponents they're playing night in and night out. So if Illinois takes care of business, what do you think of the draw of having Houston and Kelvin Sampson in the second round? Very juicy for the fan base in terms of the storylines and everything. And yeah, looking just at the analytics to go from Loyola was an eight seed as 10 overall in Ken Palm. And like you said, Houston, five seed, four overall in Ken Palm. You, Top 10 in offensive efficiency. They're top 15 in both offensive and defensive efficiency at 10 in OER and 11th in DER. Uh, it's a very tough team, physical team, uh, really good defensive team. Uh, but losing Marcus Sasser earlier in the year, who was one of the better guards in college basketball, was a big blow to them. But they do have uh, still some very good players. Kyler Edwards is a nice guard. He's a transfer from Texas Tech. And then inside, when you have Fabian White and Josh Carlton, I know that you look at them and they're, I think they're third in the country in block percentage. So they certainly can defend around the rim. Would imagine you kind of see a, a tandem style defense, you know, similar to a Penn State, Ohio State, the way they guarded Kofi of having one guy on him and then have that other guy kind of sag in, sag in there and wait for him to try to, to block some of his shots. But I mean, for them to be eighth and two point field goal percentage defense, uh, they're a team that can slow Illinois down with kind of their, with their defense. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see if Illinois can just ultimately have more offensive talent and be able to outgun them. But Houston is is going to be a tough matchup if they end up beating – what's his name? Is it, is it Jelly Walker for UAB, the 5'11 bucket getter? But, uh, yeah, I, I think that that would be one of those real tough, gritty matchups. And yeah. it wouldn't be easy to be able to get there to the Sweet 16, but it's it's a team that you can beat for sure. Yeah, Joey, it's just like every game after the first round. And, and Chattanooga could give you a game, right? But every game after the first round is going to be tough. Yeah, it's part of this. I'll also say, though, Houston has beaten a top uh, – it depends on how much you want to put stock into Ken Palm. They've beaten a top 40 Ken Palm team twice this year when they beat Oklahoma State and then just recently Memphis uh, in the championship game of the, of the American Athletic Tournament. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying like, oh – nothing that's nothing but like that might be something i mean you want to talk about i know the big thing with the big 10 is you know good god get us away from each other for a little bit you know that's not exactly what houston's walking in here with but houston's still really a good program and, and i think if i'm remembering right to derek's point remember when all those stats came out that illinois was missing you know so much of their expected rotation they were among the best in the country houston was right there with them so that's what's what's kind of hard to to get a gauge a little bit but yeah after the first i mean there's a reason it's it's still hard to get to the sweet 16 i mean it'd be, the first one's kind of the okay i don't really have to call into work to watch this thing this day because most things go to chalk second one's where it gets interesting like really interesting and i and, but i do wonder i know i brought this up just like because you, know, you go into that second one if you get there you can say okay now we can get out of pittsburgh like that feels like kind of a trophy in itself a little bit, and this team operates well if they're you know have that maybe that carrot a little bit. I, I, maybe it won't matter. I don't know. But I think that's an interesting dynamic. To, we'll just go back to our hotel in Indy. I, I wonder if uh, Brad Underwood said a sent a thank you note to Seth Davis for for picking oh. um, the mocks to to make the Sweet Sixteen because that that can only get them motivated. Like there were some murmurs, there were some murmurs and some whispering once uh, they heard Seth do that. 
All right, Derek, you mentioned some of the reasons you should be maybe optimistic about this team. One one of my reasons outside of Kofi Coburn, of course, is the emergence of the sophomores. Um, one of the guys everyone loves, uh, even though a month ago he wasn't doing anything for this team, but Coleman Hawkins has been great, uh, and he gives you something you have missed for the last two seasons, and that is an athletic four who can stretch the floor. I mean, he's got to be consistent as a shooter, but he looks confident now after making, what, five of his last nine the last two games, uh, especially a career high against Indiana. Uh, but defensively, I think, is where he makes the biggest impact and gives you a guy who can you know, compete against some of these fours uh, that Houston can throw at you, for instance. But I'm also going to say, and I know this can be a hot take, I think Andre Corbello is playing his best basketball of the season. Um, three of the last four games, I think he's been very good and one of the best players on the floor for the Illini. And for me, it's defensively where he's made the biggest impact. But I also thought against Indiana, he had a great floor game. I thought he got to his spots, broke down the defense, had, what, five assists, six assists, uh, only had one turnover. He just missed shots and he missed layups, but... There's no other player that would have gotten to the rim like he did at the end of the game. It's just he wasn't able to put it in. So I'm very encouraged by both those guys. I think they're going to need them because we talk about Curbelo and, and people focus on his issues, but they kind of overlook sometimes. Trent Frazier has not played all that well offensively here recently. Alfonso Plummer is very, very streaky. So to have a guy like Curbelo you can turn to, if those guys have an off night, I, I think is huge. And then I think Coleman – speaks for himself, especially with Jacob Grandison coming back from injury. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that Andre's floor game, his decision-making, his playmaking against Indiana was a big bright spot. For him to go 27 minutes and only have one turnover was a, a, a very encouraging fact. And it's one of those where, in contrast to Iowa, you think about like a quarterback and you, you go back and watch the tape and it'd be like, this throw in a double coverage is a terrible decision and I don't know why you made it. There were a lot less of those or none of those uh, against Indiana, I think that he was just making the right the right plays and, and to see some of those passes he was making, the one to Coleman Hawkins in transition was as good a pass as you're going to see all season from anybody. Uh, and, yeah, it was just a matter of him getting to the rim and not finishing. Of course, that's a big part of basketball is putting the ball on the hoop, and you got to be able to do that. Free throws, uh, too. But yeah. Free throws, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, for him not, not to make those, that, uh, that, that hurt Illinois, uh, certainly. But – uh, I think his defensive rebounding was great for him to eight, have eight defensive rebounds against Indiana. Now he's starting to show more and more of, of some of that dynamic that he provided last year. And I think that this was something he could build on if he can, of course, address getting to the hoop and just putting putting the ball in or, or stepping the line and making it. And then Coleman just continues to, to progress and love the defense he played against Keegan Murray, love the fact that now he's spacing the floor and hitting shots and uh, playing with a ton of confidence, ton of activity. And we'll see on Jacob Grandison his availability ultimately. But the fact that Coleman is playing as well as he is could maybe, if it is a situation where you don't get Grandison in the first weekend or you get him at limited capacity, uh, the way Coleman's playing does give you confidence that he can hold that down and play big minutes. Joey, how about you? What, what gives you optimism? Those two. I mean, I those two, Kofi, obviously, but those two are up there because I keep coming back to what Coleman Hall, I mean, like this points that we made after the Ohio state game that Derek made big guards and stretch fours. Coleman did a pretty freaking good job on Keegan Murray and champagne. And if you can address one of those issues with, with him, I think that's really, I mean, that's worth optimism and, you know, we'll see with, with Jacob Grandison too. I think there's reason to be optimistic if they can get him back because 
I actually really think that his return, I don't remember that we've seen a lot of the Hawkins at the five lineup with Grandison out. I love that lineup. And, and I think he unlocks the ability to get into that lineup a little bit. So, so I think there's reason for optimism there. And I, and I just don't think you're going to see the same continued shooting. I don't want to call it a funk, but a hesitancy slump a little bit from Trent Frazier, from Alfonso Plummer. And I, I, the other optimism, I, I think Brad tells them they don't, no one believes in him. Last year, everybody believed him to Derek points. And I think there's reason for optimism when the guy who can prod you the best and, and get, get you mad probably better than anybody else tells you no one believes in you. And I yeah. have to think that that conversation is coming up if it didn't happen in the prep room as we waited to talk to him today. Yeah, this probably is weird to say um, after the loss to Indiana. But again, I kind of like the way they played uh, in that game. It's just make shots because um, this is a tough team. But like the one concern I have, uh, one of the reasons I, I think Illinois fans can be negative is, is this team just hasn't hit the stride. And two, like I'm just nervous about this pressure for them. Right? I know you're old. I know you've been through this before. Like This whole season was about what they do in the next couple weeks. But that's so much pressure. And Trent Frazier did not have a good game last year. I think it kind of gets overlooked. Like He did not play well against Loyola Chicago. Illinois needs him to, to be good offensively. Uh, Alfonso Plummer has never played an NCAA tournament game. How is he going to handle that? Coleman Hawkins is a big moment for him. Andre Corbello, um, he hears what fans are saying online. They, they see the stuff people tweet, and a lot of it isn't positive, and I, I think that's – not great for the kid. And, and then your best player is a center who might struggle to put his hands on the, the game if, if teammates can't get him the ball. So I, I guess, Derek, that's my concern is like, can the guards step up? Because they have been a little bit streaky, especially offensively. And for me, with Trent Frazier, it's more about aggression. And that's why I, I'll deal with some of Curbelo's stuff because it's aggressive and it's trying, right? It's really trying to to push the tempo and, and push uh, Illinois to winning. And sometimes, you know, Trent, whether it's late in the game with that pass or Alfonso Plummer passing up a shot, you don't want that stuff to linger because you want these guys confident. I think that's why Brad Underwood, Joey, was talking about we need to run, we need to have fun, we're at our best when we're really, like, playing and, and not worrying about turnovers, not playing tight. So, Derek, that would be my concern is playing tight. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think that there is that pressure on this team. It'll be interesting to see how they respond to that. Uh, I think that Trent, the fact that he hasn't been playing his best basketball here of late is is a little bit concerning. And just the fact that he's had long stretches where he's kind of disappeared and, and had games where he's willing to either be passive or just hasn't had the confidence, whatever it might be. Uh, I know he stepped up late in, in the, the swings in Michigan, you know, Michigan State and, and Mich, uh, you know, there in Ann Arbor. But He's going to have to to play his best basketball and be a guy that you can rely on. I think that not to look ahead, but looking at Houston, looking at the fact that they are top 10 in the country, two-point field goal defense, the fact that if they can crash it in on Kofi, you need the guards to be able to make shots. You need them to be able to create off the bounce and, and, and create some opportunities and also to be able to make threes. So uh, the fact that Trent didn't score in the final 16 minutes against Indiana was concerning, and that's kind of contributed to these long scoring droughts that have kind of just been lingering all season long and they've been a huge red flag and I think that that's kind of ultimately what you look at especially if there's a team whether it be Houston whether it be I mean if you're in the Sweet 16 you're, you're probably feeling pretty good just in general and, and we can breathe a little bit but Arizona as good as anybody is defending inside we know Coloco gave Kofi problems so if you're just talking about 
whether it be the first weekend getting to the Sweet 16 or trying to ultimately make that far run the team talks about the Final Four, I think it is the guard play. I certainly agree with that. And uh, and just, you know, can DeMonte Williams be enough of a factor? Can some of these other pieces – can you ha- not have holes in your offense like we've seen some of these times when you do have these scoring droughts? I think depth has got to be a concern, Joe. I mean, we can talk about Coleman and Curbelo, but they're necessary when you have Grandison uh, out with an injury the last couple weeks. We don't know what he'll be like if he's back. R.J. Melendez hasn't been quite the same. Had, you know, time off with emergency appendectomy right as he was hitting his stride. You know, Luke Goody, I think, is just kind of out of a rhythm right now. So, yeah, DeMonte Williams, he's another guy, super senior, needs to step up, take some shots when – when he's available because they haven't seemed like they've been able to count on many guys scoring here recently. Yeah. That's kind of been the narrative a little bit of the last few weeks is you think they've got depth and then maybe they don't as much as you think or they have, it's just been kind of hard to see consistent depth, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say. And RJ Melendez kind of got to football this. I told you this on uh, Friday, I guess it was kind of got Josh McCrae a little bit. I mean, he was playing really, really well. McCray got sick, you know, Melendez had his emergency surgery, and that's just a lot, right? Because as Brad was talking about with Coleman Hawkins, this thing doesn't stop. Like, it doesn't stop to help get you back up to the front of the line and get you caught up a little bit here. So, I, I, you know, we'll see. I, I think you can get by without depth against Chattanooga. I, you know, I don't know that you can do it after that, though, and that's where, you know, a week for Jacob Grandison, I, I guess it'd be longer than that. It'd be almost two weeks, right? He got hurt on the Thursday against Penn State. The dude's important to this team. Like, Brad hasn't been saying this just to try to make friends with Jacob Grandison. Like, it's a real thing that he, he's important here. And two weeks hopefully would help. We saw him today, no sling that carried over from Indianapolis. But, yeah, depth is a little bit and then the other concern I don't think this is going to happen early or at least maybe where we kind of saw it against Indiana where everybody missed but what if you miss what if, what if you have one of those shooting nights like that's been Brad Sings is what happened when the shots don't fall and what's happened here in the last month and a half is you lose the basketball game so like how can you overcome that if that happens again it's kind of what I liked about Indiana is they still were in that game. Penn yeah. State, they still played good defensively. Like that, That's why I still have some confidence with, with Hawkins and Capello that this team will lock in and defend. Like That's what you worry about with Palmer, though. Right, it's like if he's on the court, but I'd take him off. That's why that's why Corbello's emergence has been really important. What do you do with Jake when he's back? I mean, you, I think you put him in the lineup, but I don't think you take Coleman out. No, I, I, I think you bring him off the bench. Uh, I, I just don't know what kind of player you're getting out of him. Um, and I think that could be a good thing. Or, you know, if you got to start Grandison over Williams, maybe it helps reset yeah. Williams a little bit. I think those are, are good issues to have. All right, boys, moment of truth. Where you got Illinois? How far you got Illinois advancing? Derek, go. Sweet 16, losing to Arizona in the rematch. Joey? Sweet 16, losing to Arizona, but I'd love to hear what Brad says to his guys before that, specifically Kofi. I got Sweet 16. We're confident. We're confident on the Online Enquirer podcast. I haven't beaten Houston, uh, but I do have Arizona. I have Arizona in my championship game. So, final four, guys. I have Gonzaga against Kentucky and Arizona against. I'm going with it. I'm, I'm going with Iowa. I, th- I just think they're playing the defense now, and, and Keegan Murray, um, you know, is playing as good as anybody in the country right now. So, that's my final four. I have uh, Arizona beating Gonzaga in the final. Derek, what do you got? I think we have the exact same. I haven't filled out the entire thing yet, but I do like Iowa coming out of that region. That's Kansas 
as the one seed there. I'm not going to argue with you on Gonzaga. Uh, I like Kentucky as well. So I, I got the same four. I'm going to have Arizona cutting down the nets against Kentucky. Joey? How have you guys had time to do this? This thing is like <laughs> three hours old. We've been in a freaking press conference. This is the wildest thing I've ever seen. Um, That was just I, a gut, rea- gut, gut feel, you know? Yeah. Well, all right, so I think Arizona is going to come out of that. I'm just going to quickly scan. This is Arizona and Gonzaga. I do like Kentucky a lot, but I who I don't, what am I saying? Where am I at here? <laughs> In the East? I, oh, per, Purdue. Am I? What am I? Where am Purdue I? Purdue would have to Purdue would have to beat Kentucky. I got Virginia Tech upsetting. Yes, Purdue, Purdue and Kentucky's that big men battle. That was the whole point I was yes. trying to make. That's going to be awesome to watch. But I like Kentucky coming out of that. I do like Iowa. I think like this thing's built for stars, especially stars who can have the ball in their hand, like Keegan Murray, who's playing out of his mind right now. Chris Murray's playing out of his mind. Just that the whole Iowa experience is really working. Uh, I ultimately, though, I think it's about the same Arizona Gonzaga. But give me the Fighting Chet Holmgrens. There you go. There you go. All right, we're packing up for Pittsburgh. We head out Wednesday. Maybe we won't be back till Monday. I think that's the hope for Illini fans. We'll have you covered all the way up to the NCAA tournament. We'll be live 5.50 p.m. Central Time tip-off on Friday night. Derek's covered an NCAA tournament game. Joey and I have not. We are very much looking forward to this, and we will cover it throughout the entire thing at IlliniInquirer.com. Uh, we will have Michael Tuop on the podcast soon to break down this matchup, everything coming up as well. But everybody, take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. I told you imaginary friends are real. This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.